and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. I am Cammy Black. Um, we've got a bit of a special podcast this week. We have developed and designed our own Create Your Own Adventure story to celebrate Scotland at the Rugby World Cup in Japan in 2019. Um, some of the feedback we've had in the past is that a minority of our listeners don't enjoy the silly stuff. If you are one of those listeners, then please turn off now because this isn't for you. Um, this is going to be a, a, a podcast full of, of utter nonsense, but it should be fun nonetheless. Um, joining us on this journey, uh, we have a co-founder of the blog and regular contributor, Al Kerr. Hello. And from the Scottish Rugby Forum, someone that has stared into the dark soul that is Scottish Rugby for, uh, rugby fandom on a regular basis to uh, edit and um, edit out all the horrible comments. It's Alan McDonald. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Not too bad. Uh, Alan, it's your first time on the podcast, so we must ask you, what club socks would you wear if you were selected for the Barbarians? I think I'd have to go one and one um, with uh, Ardross Nackies, uh, where I played my youth rugby, and Glasgow Uni Medics, uh, where I played at university. Oh, very good. One sock each. That's that's a good call. Um, very popular call with with uh, lots of people. Um, yeah, so you can you can play along with this game if you want. We'll put a post up. We're going to put the link up on the blog when we post the podcast for this. It's a game we're calling Bandersquatch after the uh, Bandersnatch episode of uh, Black Mirror that came up. It's you, you can play along with us. You can have your own go. There's lots of different options and, and ways to go down. It's a bit like Monkey Island, if anybody remembers that back in the day, or those books you used to get, get where you had to turn to page 7 if you wanted a sword or turn to page 8 if you wanted to murder someone, things like that. Um so you both, you've, I mean, you haven't seen the game. We should make that clear first. We are playing live for the first time tonight. Absolutely. Coming as blind as I expect to be drunk in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're going to the Japan, aren't you, Al? So this is this is like training for you. Yeah, absolutely. I needed to get some sort of, you know, practice in advance of the, the real carnage. So I'm <laughs> expecting a good replication tonight. Good. Um so here we go. So I'm, uh, we'll, we'll start. So welcome, weary traveller. You've come a long way. Well, you've come from Scotland. And now here you are in the land of the rising sun as the Scotland national rugby team's cultural attaché for the duration of the Rugby World Cup 2019. Don't worry about how it happened. Just accept that it has. There really is no need to worry. Whilst your task is to keep the team coaches and various other dignitaries safe and entertained, nothing of note ever happens, so this will be a peaceful time, mostly spent googling where you can get four buckets of chicken wings for WP Nell at 3am in rural Japan. It's the first night in Japan and Scotland head coach Gregor Tooney Townsend takes you out for dinner to make you feel at ease and give you a briefing on what he wants from you in the coming weeks. As his cultural attaché, he asks you to choose from the menu. He's sure you've researched Japanese cuisine as part of your preparations for the trip and trusts your choice. You check out the menu, then look up and say... Now you've got two options here, chaps. You can either say, hey, let's have some fugu, I heard it's great, or hey, let's try some odin, I hear it's lovely. What? What? I mean, chat amongst yourselves. What? What are you going to go for there? Alan, you go first. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, I, I don't know what Odin is, but I know what. I have an idea that fugu might actually be a poisonous fish. But if memory serves, like it's only it's restricted. So I suppose my thought is, how good a restaurant is it? If it looks pretty good, then it might be something to go ahead with. Yeah, see, I'm tempted by the fogu for the simple reason that if you can find it, and it can kill you, is my understanding also. This might be our last opportunity to get rid of Chris Harris from the squad. Um, <laughs> so. This is this is only you and Gregor Townsend out for a meal. 
So, the, so there's All only right, you so and Gregor Townsend's lives at stake here. And we can't get doggy bag. No. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> then, um, yeah, that, that makes the choice a little bit more difficult. I don't know. I, I Let's go for Odin. I'm going to say Odin. Odin, what, what are you thinking, Al? Alan. You see, I, 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 would say, I would say Fugu, if it was a good restaurant, um, I've I have a thing that says Odin street food, and having had street food in Southeast Asia, it can be a flip of a coin. So, I think it's one of these ones where it, it looks like it's the wrong option to go Fugu, but I think it might be the right option because it's only expert chefs. You've got to play as a team. You've got to play as a team, guys. I, I can't argue against that logic. Sweet. I like the idea that the folk is only available in a good restaurant. Tooney's a class man. He's only going to go top of the tree here. So well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to rail in behind Alan here. Let's select that option. Let's Hey, let's have some Fugu. I heard it's great. Okay. Tooney smiles at you. Sounds great, he says. Sounds familiar, but I can't think where I've heard it before. I think it was on a Simpsons episode once, but I can't remember what happened, you reply. Tinny tells you why he, that he wants you to keep an eye on everyone to make sure no one makes any cultural faux pas during the trip. He wants everyone focused on the rugby, so you need to be on your toes making sure no one causes an international incident. The food comes, but you suddenly need the toilet. It was a long flight and you overdid it on the free water. You excuse yourself. You enter a cubicle in the toilets and relieve yourself. You turn to flush, but there are so many buttons you don't know which to press. You're the cultural attaché to a major sports team at a major tournament, so the if it's yellow, let it mellow rule does not apply here. Which button do you choose? Now, this is why I'm asking you to play along, because there are three Japanese symbols here, and you've got to decide which which of the three would you would you decide to press. Ooh, good question. Um, Alan? Any thoughts? Now, I'll describe <laughs> no, them to listeners while you have a look. I mean, it's very hard to describe. This is an audio, an audio podcast. It's quite hard. I mean, the the, the top one we've got three symbols. Uh, the middle one, there's, there's two looking like two kind of houses. Um, the bottom one is a bit more lengthy. It's kind of got two dashes, yeah. a, a J and, and a couple more. It looks like a. The first one looks like somebody kicking a football towards. A, I don't know what you call that. A skyscraper in a television. Um, yep. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm tempted to go for the long one at the bottom. That can't be wrong. That's going to probably give you a sort of a, a rinse and a wash at the same time. That's <laughs> like a win-win. Being the first one, I'll go with you in this one, Al. You're going to go with the last one. It's what could bold, possibly go a, wrong? What could possibly go wrong? You are hit in the face with a blast of talcum powder. You rush to find a sink to wash it off, but the instructions are just as confusing as the toilet buttons. You return shame-faced to the restaurant. Tuni takes one look at you and tells you to get out of his sight and calls you a disgrace. You try to explain it's only talcum powder, but he doesn't believe you. You're sent home in disgrace. Also, it turns out Fugu is a poisonous fish and Tuni was incorrectly prepared. As you left the restaurant early, you were unable to translate when the waiter's passed on the news to Tuni and he dies the next day. Scotland don't make it out of the group stages. Back home, your life is in ruins and you spend the rest of your days sad and alone, drinking supermarket own brand lager and eating Span straight from the can. Would you like to start again? I think the good thing is, after all that, I still come home to my current life. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we should start again, otherwise it's going to be the world's shortest podcast. podcast. Okay, so. <laughs> let's start again. Okay, so it says, like, the next option is life doesn't have a reset button, but this game does. Have another go and try not to blow it. And if anyone wants, there is the uh, end music, the game over music from Super Mario World there uh, playing, if anyone wants that. Um, so I'm not going to read it out again. So basically, you've got the, you've got the choice in the menu again, lads. It's, it's Fugu or Odin. What are you going for this time? I think we should go a different route this time, Alan. Let's I, go. Think, I think let's go with the Odin. I'm happy with Seems that. It's like a safer bet. Okay. Let's not kill Tooney. 
you're back in the toilet so you've still got the same bladder issues so you've had to rush off to the toilet again you've got the th- same three options um the strange house kicking something over a post two houses together and then the long one at the bottom which which saw you out of the game which one are you choosing this time Let's go with Greg Lidlow and kicking something over a post. Surely it's the first button. Um, maybe that's that. A short flush is the most usual thing. Uh, the most usual thing. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go with that. I said, jet of water shoots from the toilet, spraying you in the face. You return to the restaurant, sudden, making a mental note to research Japanese toilets and prepare cheat sheets for the whole squad. When you enter the restaurant, there's quite a fuss at your table. Tuni is surrounded by a number of waiters who are all shouting in Japanese. You approach the head waiter and in perfect Japanese, which you speak apparently, ask him what the problem is. It's the fugu, he says. It was not properly prepared and it's in every dish we serve, even the Odin. Our head chef has revealed that he lied about his credentials and has no license to prepare fugu, which is a deadly poisonous fish if not prepared correctly. This man may die. You look at Tuni, who's as calm as ever, the restaurant like catching his bald head perfectly. What do you do next? Now you have two options here, lads. You can either immediately phone Sir Dr. James Robson, MBE, or the other option is he's from Gala. He's probably eaten worse. It'll be fine. What are you going to What are you going to decide to do? I'd be tempted to say Gala, but you know, I mean, he is a borderer. Uh, they eat all sorts down there. But at the same time, err on the side of caution, possibly. And phoning uh, Doctor James, James could never yeah, be the wrong thing. Exactly. That sounds like the sort of the, the right option in pretty much every scenario. Going. It's just call like, call Sir Doctor James Robson. MBE. Yep. Let's go with that. So Dr. James Robson answers the phone and you explain the situation. He calmly explains as Tunis from Galashiels his gut has become immune to any poisons due to years of poor food standards and foul water in the border's town. Relieved, Tunis says he wants the team to sample the local culture and asks you to arrange a trip for everyone to a local karaoke bar. The next morning you approach the receptionist in the team hotel and ask for recommendations for karaoke bars in the area. The receptionist looks at you puzzled and in broken English asks if you meant to ask for Sing What Happened. Do you think she's understood you? How do you respond? Now you can either nod enthusiastically or shake your head and slowly say karaoke really loudly like a proper tourist. What are you going to do? I mean anything to avoid the awkward. I think we just nod enthusiastically and go along with that. That sounds like a very Scottish response. Let's go. I mean, that's the quintessential you Scottish nod, response. You nod, nod, it's almost my response to the nightclub. I'm quite excited the way this is going. Uh, the hotel receptionist looks a little taken aback, but explains she may be able to help you out as she knows a guy. She explains the players will not only be able to go in threes, will only be able to go in threes and asks if it's okay with them performing in front of the public. You shrug. Sure, why not? It's important the team connects with the locals and experiences Japanese culture. Later, a car turns up and a man approaches you asking which three players are coming to sing what happened. Six players are milling about in the lobby in two groups of three. Which three do you take? You can either take Hoggy, Finn and Ali Price or Gank, Gilchrist, WP Nell and Gordy Reid. Who do you choose? Where's Grieg? Grieg's in his room. He's on senior player duty, he's not... I mean, look, I mean, I've played both in the forwards and the backs... And neither are particularly tuneful, but I mean, forwards—they cannot hold a song. Are you gonna? We're gonna insult this. Us, this this, our this host here. Pop, uh, disagrees with you hugely. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, WP Nell doesn't strike me that he's a sort of hidden Andrea Bocelli. Oh, could you I, imagine him hitting the high notes in broad Afrikaans? <laughs> <laughs> no, what Afrikaans, a Celine Dion. <laughs> I also, also I think Hoggy, Finn and Ali Price have the huge bit to carry it off, whereas the others, I mean, fine players that they are, they maybe don't have the same, they maybe, and, you know, Ali Price has got manga hair, so I think, yeah, 
let's 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 take the first three. Okay. Let's go with the backs. Hoggy, Finn, and Ali Price. The man nods enthusiastically and bundles you all into a car. On the drive over, the players chat excitedly about what songs they're going to sing. You notice the car's pulled into a car park of a television company. You ask the man if this is where the karaoke is. He nods his head. You ask if it's going to be televised. He says yes. What do you do? Do you shrug and decide it'll probably work out okay but explain what's happening to the players or immediately phone the team's media manager? I could say... I'd shrug. I would shrug. I mean, it sends up far too much effort having to work with the media team. So you're going, so you're I'm, going down the Scottish. You've shrugged all, once already. So you just you can, you're continuing the trend of shrugging. That would be my response, but I don't know what. Uh, I know I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think you know. I mean, we know what we we know what we should do, which is for the team's media manager. But this looks like fun, doesn't it? Yeah. So we're going. What we're going with go what could possibly go wrong? So we're going to shrug. We're going to do that. We don't, we don't want to offend anybody here. We're going to shrug and decide it'll be okay. You follow the man into a TV studio. A woman approaches you with a clipboard. She explains the players have agreed to take part in a TV programme where they will have to sing a song whilst being pleasured by a woman. Your face goes sheet white as the players crease up laughing. Show us the way, say Finn and Ali as they march off with the woman in the direction of the studio. Finn and Ali decide to sing Flower of Scotland. You watch in horror as two of Scotland's best players sing the national anthem whilst being pleasured by two women on live TV. The object of the game is to finish the song without finishing. As the song finishes, Finn and Ali's patriotism gets too much for them and they lose. The video instantly makes headline news around the world as the media team, as the media celebrates Scotland from throwing themselves into Japanese culture. Intimidated by Finn and Ali's bravado, every team Scotland face crumbles before them. Scotland meet England in the final, cruising to a 150-0 victory. The English players are unable to look Finn and Ali in the eye for the entire match. Back home, you're lauded as the world's greatest cultural attaché. The Queen invites you to Buckingham Palace and invites you to form a government and fix Brexit. What do you do? I should say that, that, that seeing what happened is a real game show in Japan. So be very careful when you're out there, Al. If anyone asks you to go and see what happened, just say no. It's, as long as it's not getting broadcast back home, this ends up. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're not hoping we'd hold the tune at the same time. We're all, we're gonna be I think the object, the object is just to make it through the tune from what I could see. <laughs> What's the oh, name? That was got a brilliant name. Possibly what it could be called. Yeah, so you've got two options. You can either agree to be the Prime Minister or decline the job and say you're not qualified. So we're not at the end of the game here. So just because just Scotland are on the World Cup, you, in this scenario, you haven't won the game yet. So we have to see what, what choice do you make. I'm going to say, I don't know. I mean, can't do any worse than what we're talking about in terms of Prime Minister, right? Uh, and that, I mean, like, not being qualified is, seems to be the primary qualification at the moment. So, so you're just going to agree to be the Prime Minister? Path of least resistance. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> there you go. The Queen gives you a special sword, which gives you the power of Prime Minister. That's how it works, apparently, just like Thundercats. You solve Brexit with physics, allowing Northern Ireland to exist in two places simultaneously, thus solving the backstop. However, you're later assassinated in a Weatherspoons by the owner of Weatherspoons, Tim Weatherspoon, who's angry that you solved Brexit. You've lost. Do you want to start again? <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very aggrieved. I've died face down in a Weatherspoons. This seems <laughs> not a place. I'm, either Alan or I's stature should, you know, it's a fitting place for our demise. So it's honourable. We we are back again, and once again in the restaurant. So are you going with Odin again? I think yes. Odin, and then you chose the first option for the toilet. You phoned to Dr. James Robson. Uh, now, the, ne- the the place I think you probably went down the wrong track was you, you, you went to the karaoke. 
There's a number of options you took after that. So you could still go to the cat and nod enthusiastically when the woman misunderstands you, or you could shake your head slowly and say karaoke really loud like a proper tourist. I, I have, a, I have a, I, I, Cam, I just uh, interject here. I have a slight issue with this. Scotland still won the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, we You're dead. Yes, we died in the weather spoons, but the journey there was quite something. Okay, well, so let's call that a win of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe didn't think this quite through that 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 arm of the game quite through. Oh <laughs> uh, well, let, like I don't know. Let's shake our head and slowly say karaoke really loud. Okay, let's go down. Let's go down this avenue then. Okay, the receptionist nods and says she understands. She explains she thought you were asking to go on a TV show where men have to sing karaoke whilst being pleasured by women. Looks like you dodged a real bullet there. She books you and the whole team into a nearby karaoke bar. Everyone has a lovely time. The next day, the players ask to go to a sumo sumo wrestling stable. After lunch at the hotel, the whole squad set off in a coach for a sumo wrestling stable in the city where you are welcomed as guests of honour. On the bus, you explain the etiquette of visiting the stable to the squad. Number one, bow to everyone. Two, keep quiet. Three, sit on a backroom cushion. Four, make sure phones are on silent. Five, no food or drink. And six, leave a tribute. The coach arrives and everyone enters the stable. Everything's going well as the squad watch two sumo wrestlers take each other on in complete silence. Suddenly, the silence is broken by the sound of crunching. Gordy Reed has smuggled in a packet of Monster Munch and is sharing them with the rest of the front row, faces smeared in cheesy powder. The head trainer is not impressed and begins shouting loudly in Japanese. Tuni asks you to try and intervene whilst he goes and confiscates the Monster Munch and any other smuggled contraband. You apologise profusely to the head trainer and ask how you can make it up to him. He smiles at you and says you must choose a contender to take on his champion. Who do you choose? Now there's three options here. You've got WP Nell, Simon Bergen or Hamish Watson. Can I get I before we get to choosing somebody? Yeah, I, I don't mean to be pick on semantics here, Cam. But I mean, Gordy Reed has to be expelled from the squad automatically. I mean, if you're going to go Monster Munch, it has to be roast beef, oh, it's spicy, without right. a doubt. Without I a mean, doubt. that's this is that's a, that's a that's a ditching offence on its own. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even consider flaming hot. He's gone straight for that. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I've, I've said cheesy powder. I don't even think you can get cheesy Monster Munch, can you? The pickled onion. Is it pickled onion? Yeah. Yeah. Would he's you? managed to get. He's, he's managed you? to. He's managed to smuggle in some. Um. Some sort of prototype monster munch. You get. You get. You get lots of. You know. Funny flavors when you're abroad. I mean, the Japanese will be into. They'll probably do cheesy monster munch. Probably have for breakfast. Like that's probably how he got. Let's just say that's how he got it. Um. In terms of players, I'd quite like to see Hamish Watson. I mean, he bounces off a normal-sized person. I'd love to see how far he would bounce off of a sumo. I reckon it's that kinetic energy. You see, Mish is very rarely the wrong answer, but did you see the squad training video where they were doing judo and WP Nell, the man, was a beast at judo? And and I just, there's a part of me thinks that, you know, come there, come the man. And, you know, this is is custom made for a a tight head prop with a low centre of gravity. Very tall. Yeah, I, I, WP now. I can't. You can't really argue with that logic. WP now. WP now strides into the ring in full sumo gear. As he strides around the ring, smiling at the rest of the squad, the ground beneath your feet begins to shake. Something large begins to approach, and the whole building shakes. The stable's champion enters the ring, and the bout begins. WP now does well and puts in a good showing, but ultimately loses and aggravates an old neck injury. Tony's furious with you for putting his breast pop in that situation. Scotland lose to Ireland and Japan, and are knocked out of the World Cup. You return home broken. You live out your days off-grid in the woods and die five years later from rickets. 
Um, we're not going to. I'm reminded why I used to keep one finger in the back of all the pages of these. <laughs> let's not. I tell you what. Let's on this occasion. I'm going to go back. Let's just click the back button. and We'll go back a page, and you can select a player again. So we've we WPNL is not going to get you there. You have got Simon Bergen and Hamish Watson left. Uh, I'm going to stab at Watson on this one. Well, I think, well, I think we go with your choice, Al, because mine was clearly wrong. Let's have a look at Hamish Watson. <laughs> Hamish Watson strides into the ring in full sumo gear. As he strides around the ring, smiling at the rest of the squad, the ground beneath your feet begins to shake. Something large begins to approach, and the whole building shakes. The stables champion enters the ring, and the bout begins. Watson's superhuman strength and low centre of gravity means he easily overcomes his foe, emerging victorious in 15 seconds, a world record for any sumo bout. He's instantly given the rank of Yoko and invited to stay in Japan to become a full-time sumo wrestler. Much to everyone's relief, he declines the offer. With the squad acclimatised to Japan, the real training begins, but you are still required to be on hand should any cultural issues arise. You shadow the squad every day, giving advice on local customers and the like, but days before Scotland are due to play Ireland, you pick up a newspaper and see a photograph of Devon Toner. Something doesn't look quite right, but you can't put your finger on it. What do you do? So there's two options here. It's not your job to get involved with playing matters. You don't say anything, or you decide to investigate. I mean, do we think? Do we think it doesn't look right in the normal way that Devon Toner just doesn't look right? <laughs> 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 he is a suspicious-looking character. I think it'd be interesting to investigate. I think there has to be something behind his funny looks. So you, no good comes from ignoring the call for adventure. Let's Absolutely. So you decide to investigate. Spying on other teams is a serious matter. If you're caught, it could, it could have serious ramifications for the team. Are you sure? Two options here. No, maybe best not to get involved. Or yes, there's something fishy going on for sure. I think you've got to follow through on this one. Let's follow through uh, on this one. Yes. Okay. Give me two seconds. I've just got to grab a, a cable. It sounds ominous, but it's fine. I was about to say. <laughs> it's not for me. You didn't say we needed a cable in the room with this uh, cam. <laughs> I have to say, this is great listening. For the this, is, this is great listening. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, this isn't going out for about a week, so I've got time to edit it. I don't have to sit here and edit it tonight like I normally do. Sound editing is the least fun of the least fun thing of doing anything. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, I guess I was speaking to someone that one of my mates that does a podcast, and we both agreed that he'd. We both at the start took out every time someone said um and er, uh, and then we've we've we stopped doing that pretty quickly because we just ended up with a load of ums and ers stashed away somewhere. <laughs> so make a pretty good sex tape. I was going to say that Yeah. <laughs> Okay. See this 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 needs to be left in the pod. This is gold. <laughs> this is, is audio gold. Sam's really only doing this pod, Alan. You realise that he just invites people on because he's some sort of pervert in his gar in his uh, garage, soundproofed garage. <laughs> so way, yeah. Every time someone makes some sort of guttural noise, I'm like, oh, that's one for the bank, lads. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> How long have you been doing this, Al? <laughs> Ah, yeah. a, file, a, file, a wee file with your name on it yeah <laughs> so anyway so here we go so you form your own version of the Scooby the gang from Scooby-Doo you are Shaggy Ryan Wilson is Scooby-Doo Nick Grigg is Velma John Barkley is Fred and Hugh Jones is Daphne in the dead of night you sneak over to the island training camp to see what's going on 
You've all hired disguises from a local dressing up shop and are dressed in your respective characters from Scooby-Doo, which is good because there's a cartoon convention at the Allen Team Hotel so you blend right in. Nick Drake has already cased the joint and tells you he's found a large power source in the hotel basement, so you decide to investigate. In the basement, you find Devon Toner tied up and gagged. He explains that he was tied up by a race of space aliens who've replaced him with a mega Godzilla dressed up in a Devon Toner suit. The aliens are part of an intergalactic betting syndicate seeking to influence the outcome of the World Cup. The only way to counter a mecha Godzilla is to awaken King Caesar and team him up with Godzilla to overcome the mechanical beast. Alternatively, you could go to the papers and expose the truth. What do you do? Uh, there's a third option here that you've we, that unfortunately we're not given with. Bearing in mind that Ryan Wilson's in Scooby Doo, can he not just go and take on mecha Godzilla himself? I mean, he's got previous right and and uh, you know. Taking people in a fancy dress. Just, just sledge, just sledge Mecha Godzilla until it breaks down and cries. Well, when I was he <laughs> not part really, of the? Or really was, Ryan Wilson, was Ryan Wilson not part of the um, the fracas in the chip shop? Or have I? Uh, oh yeah, he I... was part of the chip shop three. He was. Yeah, we would yeah. have to buy him some pakora first. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> of course, he was. The other thing was he he did manage to wind up Danny Care. So if he manages to do the same thing, sort of sarcastically clap Mechagodzilla when he goes up for an award or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Ryan Wilson, he would pick a fight in an empty room. So. Yeah. Uh, Let's just assume that, yeah. that that would be a good option anyway, but it's it's not one that, that that's come to mind. So these are your two options you've gone with. I'm finding it very difficult to steer away from anything other than Awakening King Caesar. It was not words I was expecting to utter this evening, I feel. <laughs> it's not other than now. There's an exclamation mark at the end and everything. It just It's, all, it's, it's calling you that exclamation mark, isn't it? It's very leading. <laughs> Let's go for that. Awaken King Caesar. You awaken King Caesar and bring him into camp with Godzilla to begin working on a plan. However, World Rugby have become aware that both teams plan on fielding giant monsters during the game and quickly close a loophole, only allowing you one monster per matchday squad. You protest about Mechagodzilla's eligibility, but the Irish team are able to produce documents showing that Mechagodzilla's grandmother was born in Kalan, <laughs> making him eligible to play for Ireland anyway. A quick check reveals Godzilla has a granddad from Fife, and King Caesar has been lying dormant for a thousand years in disputed waters around Rockall, so qualifies for Scotland on residency grounds. You're only allowed to field Godzilla or King Caesar in the game against Ireland. Who do you pick? I mean, if Godzilla's a monster and he's from Fife, I mean, that's a pretty potent, com- potent combination. I was out in Dunfermline for a night out about just over a week ago. I mean, I've seen things. <laughs> A Fife Godzilla would be a pretty potent... You sound like Roy Batty in uh, Blade Runner. (laughs) (laughs) Roy Batty never had to deal with them for everyone. That's very true. That would have been the one thing that cracked him. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah, let's go with Godzilla. Fife Godzilla. Fife Godzilla. Toonie plays Godzilla at number eight, hoping he can contain Mecha Godzilla and punch holes in defence with some big carries. However, Godzilla alone cannot overcome Mecha Godzilla. Johnny Gray equals one Godzilla, but you cannot beat Mecha Godzilla with two Godzillas. Scotland lose the match, and Mecha Godzilla kills and maims Godzilla at the close of the game in front of a shock crowd before going on a rampage and destroying the city. Mothra arrives, but is completely ineffective, even with help from King Caesar, who has been watching from the stands. With Mecha with a Mecha Godzilla on the loose, the tournament is cancelled, and Scotland return home on the plane. 
Mechagodzilla is only brought under control when Richie McCaw arrives in a helicopter and confuses it by being both on and offside at the same time. You live to 100. Exactly. You live to 100, but your life has been completely unfulfilling and you spend your last days waiting for the sweet release of death. Do you want to go back again and make that choice? Would you like to make the King Caesar or uh, Godzilla choice again? Now that you know what you mean. I think King Caesar, given that we know Johnny Gray is a Godzilla. Let's go with that then. Oh, what do you know? Toonie plays King Caesar as a big ball carrying eight with specific instructions to contain the threat of Mechagodzilla. Thankfully, Johnny Gray turns out to be equal to the powers of Godzilla and he and King Caesar easily contain Mechagodzilla with Scotland running out winners. Mechagodzilla is despondent and returns to his home planet after stopping in to see his grandmother in Kalan. Scotland top their group and Toonie thanks you for your help. Did you remember to prepare the cheat sheet for the Japanese toilets though, like you said you would at the start of the game? Yes, of course, or oh crap, I forgot. I know what I would. I know what I should say. I don't know what I would actually say in this circumstance. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you know, hands full with other things going on here. Um, oh crap, I forgot. You're, going to be honest, you're both going to be honest with Tony. Uh oh, the players have managed so far through sheer dumb luck. However, several of the players have been playing with the toilets in their hotel, and now the entire hotel system is blocked. What do you do? Report the issue to the hotel reception or ask Nick Grigg for help. He looks like a plumber. <laughs> has to be asked Nick Grigg for help. He's also got what I think he once called was a council estate strength camp. So he could, if yes. worse comes to worse, he could probably well, use that it, to help. Did someone not say he was like the physical embodiment of Glasgow on a Saturday night as well? Yes. I mean, that's going to go through plumbing like a, a, a knife through all butter. He's small enough to get through some pipes as well. He could probably clear them manually, couldn't he? He is. He's like the rugby version of Sillet Bang. So we go, we're going to ask Nick Grigg for help because he looks like a plumber. Nick Grigg pulls a plunger from his bag that he always carries in cases of emergencies. After giving the plumbing a thorough going over, the block is clear and no one in the hotel is any the wiser. You circulate a toilet cheat sheet to prevent further incidents. Tooney calls you into his office. He congratulates you on what an excellent job you've done so far and gives you a raise in pay. He reminds you that there's a big quarterfinal against South Africa coming up. He wants to get something nice for Razi Erasmus as a little gift to, pre- uh, gift to present before the match as a token of respect and goodwill. He says he's down to the final two gifts and asks your advice. Which present should Tooney buy for Razi? A Maneki Neko or a Chabudai? Were either of those what those got lassies on the um, game show were doing? <laughs> they were not, no. I'll give you that that much you oh, can no, have. I know a, a mega neck was an attractive glasses wearer for reasons. I have no idea why I know that, but it is it's something. So is, is a manikai neko something to do with glasses? It's not. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a clue here. It is not in this context. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> unless, unless, unless my Google has taken me to a strange place, it has nothing to do with wearing glasses. I hate to think what your search history is looking like. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? I will say that when I, when 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 uh, the um, Japanese game show came up on my search, I uh, yeah, I was at work and I very quickly switched to searching that on my phone. That's so <laughs> Do not Google Japanese karaoke at work, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I, I, an entire nation reaches to Google Japanese <laughs> karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> I think on the, the fact that uh, Alan's talking about, um, I'm just curious about Maneki Nico now. Okay, Maneki Nico. Here we go. Oh dear, you just told Tuni to buy Razi a waving cat statue, which is believed to bring good luck. Tuni just thought it was a fun wee waving cat. 
Razzie places the cat statue in the coach's box and it brings the spearing box good luck with every bounce of the ball and referee's call going their way. Scotland lose the game 33-0. Tooney is furious with you. As cultural advisor, you should have known. Why didn't you know? It's literally the job you've be, uh, to know these things. Why are you so woefully underprepared? The team returned to Scotland under a cloud, a cloud called despair. You struggle to hold down a job before becoming head coach at the, the Dragons. Nobody likes you. Do you want to go back and make that choice again? I think we possibly have to. I'm not going to make you go all the way back to. I'm not going to make you go all the way back to the Undone restaurant. Um, so, are you going with a chabby die this time? Yes. Better be good. You have selected the gift of a short-legged traditional Japanese table. Tuni presents this to Razi before the game, but Razi is furious. The sight of the short-legged table reminds Razi that he's still angry with Tuni from when he was coach at Munster and thought that the Glasgow players were targeting Conor Murray's standing leg. Is this some sort of joke? He asks Tuni. Tuni sniggers and thanks you for your help. You'll never work in South Africa. Razi will see to that. But a visibly shaken Razi is unable to focus on the match and Scotland run out easy winners. Scotland are in the World Cup semi-finals. But it's Wales. Bloody Wales. A delighted Warren Gatlin begins lobbing verbal grenades as soon as the whistle goes on Wales' quarter-final win over France. Tooney says he needs to spend time preparing the players. You seem more than capable of representing the team. It's time to step up and do some press duties. You're sat in front of a packed press conference. Mark Palmer from the Times asks you to respond to Warren Gatlin's latest comments that Scotland players are a bunch of no-good poo-poo heads who will never get near Alliance team as long as I'm in charge. Mwahahaha. How do you respond? Now you have three options here, boys. First option, maybe if he trusted Greg Laidlaw in the final test, the Lions might have won the series against the All Blacks. Number two, not even Warren takes what Warren says seriously. Or number three, your mum. Your mum. The dear shall provide me once to answer number three, but I the, think maybe not. It could be, you never know. You never know where these things might lead you. There's been an unpredictable game so far. Logic may not play. Logic may not. Logic may not play a part in this game. (laughs) I can think of two other words that use a word in Gatland. I'm very tempted. I think all he would deserve from me is your maw. We'll go it's with Mark Palmer. He'll report it nicely. Let's go with it. Your maw. This is true. There we go. It's a classic comeback, and Gatland has no answer. The Welsh team enter the pitch in a state of confusion, compounded when all the Scotland players spend the entire game shouting (laughs) your mum in their faces. The tactic works and Scotland run out narrow victors. Scotland are in the World Cup final. And then we go, proceed, here we go, we're in the World Cup final now. Congratulations, you've successfully helped Scotland to make their first ever Rugby World Cup final. You and the team stand on the cusp of history, but standing in your way are the old enemy England. A freak set of injuries saw Eddie Jones' men beat the All Blacks in the semi-finals and they now stand between you and history. World Cup organisers want the two captains to take part in some joint media work before the game. This will involve taking each other on at the ancient Japanese game of Pokemon. You accompany John Barkley to the media centre where he's to take on Owen Farrell in a Pokemon Battle Royale. Sure, it's just a bit of fun, but you know the winner will gain a psychological edge going into the final. Owen Farrell is up first. He's a young man. He was brought up on Pokemon. Used to watch CD UK. He's a Pokemon pro. You're going to have to be on your on your toes when advising George Barkley what cards to play. Owen Farrell plays, plays his Meowth. What should Barkley play to counter the Meowth? You can either choose a Pikachu, a Jigglypuff, or a, or a Polyrath. 
Ooh, Bearing in mind, I, know, I should I should say something. I know nothing about Pokemon, and all of this is based on Google. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Polly right? This is from Pokemon Go because my son made me play. I'm too old for Pokemon, but Polyrath's a water Pokemon, and it's an evolved form. I, I, I really <laughs> let my geek comment. I was about to say, I, my son, my son made me play. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I, Alan. I'm gonna. I, I, I have no familiarity with Pokemon at all. So I'm going to. If you want to go with Poly, Polyrath, then let's go with Polyrath. It's a water Pokemon and Meowth's a cat. Let's go with it. Yeah, let's go yeah, with that. Like water. So a Polyrath? That's the worst Pokemon ever. <laughs> what were you thinking? Surely, surely the worst Pokemon's uh, that fish one. I don't know. Um, this this is what Google told me. <laughs> Farrell's Meowth easily defeats Barclay's Polyrath and the entire morale of the Scotland squad lies in tatters and it's your fault. Toonie sees you're struggling. It's been a long tournament. He employs a jester to accompany you on your various quests. How do you respond? Put up with it. There's not long to go now. Or kill jester. I hate jesters. I mean, they're like mimes. Yeehaw, jester's dead. Let's go for it. Kill jester. You kill the jester and hide the body. Only a few days now until you leave the country. You just have to stay cool and calm. A 2008 BBC News article indicates there's no extradition treaty between the UK and Japan. Tuni approaches you and asks where the jester is. You shrug and say, he quit. What a shame, Tuni replies. Tuni hands you three leaflets he's picked up from the hotel lobby. All three look like great options for the lads in preparation for the big final, but he's no idea what they're for. Which should he choose? So here are your three options as Igarayu, Kanban or Zazen? I know what Kanban is. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 work is quite keen on uh, lean and, and things. So Kanban's an ordering system for uh, for uh, sort of um, stocks and things. So maybe not Kanban. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I let's go Igaru then. Igarayu just makes me think of Street Fighter. So what You're going Igarayu over Zazen. Here yeah, I think so. Let's see what this. Oh no! You've sent the entire team off to be trained as ninjas. Thankfully, a true ninja is not trained in violence but in stealth, camouflage, and sabotage. In many ways, Finn Russell and Hamish Watson always possess these skills on the field, rugby field. But now those skills are heightened and refined. The team is able to put their training to good use during the final, baffling their opponents and playing all sorts of tricks in the breakdown, leaving even Nigel Owens baffled. The game culminates with a glorious try from Finn Russell. Hamish Watson turns his body into an actual pinball like Thud Butt from the film Hook and smashes the England players left, right and centre. He somehow gets the ball to Finn Russell, who appears to teleport from inside the England 22 and appears under the posts. Scotland run out 45-10 winners. Scotland have won the World Cup. And as a wee present there, you've got the end uh, scene from E-Honda winning Street Fighter 2 Turbo. There you go. <laughs> so you've won. Awesome. You've won the game. That's the end of the game. So you've, you've reached... There are a couple of other scenarios where you can reach the end of the game, but that's that's the way you've won it, boys. How, how, how are you feeling? Uh, I'd like to thank my friends, my family, um, the patience of the listeners. I'm truly... <laughs> 
this has been <laughs> the I pinnacle of the first time without any wrong turnings. That's the thing well, that, that amazes me. Alan, I, I thought our sort of our sense of which direction to turn at every you know at every page was was just you know was pristine. I feel like the back <laughs> button on the browser played a large part in that. <laughs> Cam, don't 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 don't. You know, I think the first the first trip the first trip back to the Undone restaurant. I thought this is not going to be good podcast, and if we keep going back to that Undone restaurant every time. <laughs> <laughs> At least we chose different things. We did just say no, no. Why don't choose the same one again? Because you know, it's why Chris Harris keeps getting in the side. Come back to the start. He just keeps clicking to his back browser button. We didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. We didn't see that. That also that never happened. Like... So there you go. What do you think, boy? Happy, happy with that result, Alan? Oh, definitely. I think uh, Scotland winning the World Cup's only, uh, I mean, it's only right, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's definitely what's going to happen. Absolutely. Is that the way it's going to be, do you think, Al? Oh, I hope so. I mean, I feel well prepared now. At least I know what's lying ahead of me in a few weeks' time. You know. Um, so what have we learned today? You know not to go on, well, you know what the Japanese game show is called, seeing what happens, so you know you can make a, an informed choice now as to whether you take part or not. And I know how not to get uh, talking powder in my face. You or do. a jet of water. Yeah. I know that Godzilla's, even Fife Godzilla's, kind of key. Yeah, so. you need you need to pair them up with a with a king. If you come across any Mecha Godzilla's, just make sure you've got King Caesar and Godzilla to hand. Oh, I've seen some of the Irish women, so they would probably fall into the Mecha Godzilla character. <laughs> oh. um, too, too, too soon. Uh, <laughs> yes, I feel I feel well well ready for the uh, the adventures ahead. Good, I'm and sure don't don't take any cheesy monster munch into the uh, sumo uh, stable. We'll make sure only we'll to take the uh, beef or um, the spicy ones in. <laughs> I understand those are both acceptable that, that to sumo wrestlers. That'll be my tribute. <laughs> um, so that's it. That was that was Banderscotch, or our version of it. You can, of course, go on the blog now and you'll be able to play the game yourself. There are a number of different outcomes and a number of different avenues that you can go down. There are, I think, of for rec- like, given I've written the name, I can't even remember the game. I, I can't remember. There's, there are three possible uh, different ways to win the game. It's not you don't always end up at the final um screen of e-honda there are three different ways you can go um lots of different avenues to go down lots of fun there so have a go see how we get on um let's know if you're enjoying it um for the meantime though we will be back next time in uh, a week's time i'm going to say and i'll re-record this if that's wrong uh, with our episode where we're going to come up with the rules of scottish rugby try and come up with the top 10 rules of being a scottish rugby fan uh, and that will also be the first exclusive play of our unofficial Scottish Rugby Anthem. So stay around and check out that because it's going to be very exciting when that when that hits the charts. We think it'll be riding high at number one. Lots of play on Radio 1, I think, that one. Um, but for the moment... Cam, uh, Cam just on that, did, uh, were you on a Japanese game show when we recorded that, were you? Yeah, yes, I was, yeah. <laughs> Can you, could you, you've heard it, Al. Have you heard my vocals halfway through? <laughs> I, I, how you got those falsetto notes, I'll never know. <laughs> I, just, I was reminded of Police Academy and the original one. I don't know why. I just... Uh... <laughs> Could we end this podcast just in the sound of a zipper? That's I will do. I will. I will see see if I, what I've got in my wee box of sound effects. Um, anyway, um, the reason I turned out I told Alan that's why I told Alan to turn his camera off at the start. <laughs> and on that note, this is the only one. The only possible mark is explicit. But on that note, 
Um, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Al and Alan. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>